Peace and blessings, everyone. You know who it is. So I wasn't even going to jump on here until next week. In fact, I had recorded about 40 minutes of a podcast and just deleted it, scratched the whole thing. I wasn't sure if this topic was something that I even wanted to address because I know how irrational and emotional people can be about this topic when it's presented. You know, it's it's rarely ever presented. It's usually danced around. Um, but if I'm going to use this platform for truth in in all of its forms and not for self-aggrandizement, it's something that needs to be addressed. Not for my benefit, but for the benefit of anyone who is open to change. Everybody talks about change, how they want this, they want that, they want to see justice. But who's willing to speak truth to power? Who is willing to put it on the line to bring about the change that they want? Let's be real. So, the elephant in the room. I'm sure some of you may have had the opportunity to look at the CWBA, the contract with Black America. You've probably heard about it by now. Um, There's like a three-page write-up that kind of gives you the general outline of the 13 points. I believe it's 13. And if you go to the website, there's a document about 22, 24 pages that goes more in depth, gives you more details on each point and how, how those, those points should come about as far as implementing these different things. Well, I read through it because I wanted to see what all of the hype was about, um, if you guys have listened to my previous work, you should already know what time it is and what I'm about to say should come as a, as a surprise, but let's start with this. I don't want to make this too long and break down each one of the points. If you haven't read through it, I would suggest that you look at it and make up your own mind, but there was a few things that stuck out to me. Prison reform, very important. I found it interesting that the privatization of prisons was called out. You don't really hear about that. People who are truly conscious and aware know that the prison system is privatized and it has been for many years. It was even linked to the music industry, which I was surprised that this was uh, spoken about because when you look at who's behind the CWBA, you all know I don't like to do names. When you look at who's behind it, this person has benefited from the music industry. You know, this individual is one of the original OGs. So the issue is not the music. The issue is that you have benefited from it. You have made millions off of it. Now we want to talk about prison reform. And I know what some of you are going to say. Here we go again. Another black person, specifically another black woman 
trying to bring down a brother, trying to, you know, bring down her people. No, we need to stop that mentality that every time someone has a critique or a dissenting view that they hate black people, that they, they don't want to see us succeed. It's the opposite. If you really want someone to succeed, you need to be critical because we're at a critical junction here. We don't have time to, to be sensitive. Everything needs to be laid out on the table. So you want to talk about prison reform, knowing that these music corporations profit from the privatized prison system through the toxic, dysfunctional, antisocial culture that has push, pushed on Black America, for lack of a better term. Why are you the face of this? And if you look at this person's social media, and if you've listened to this person's music in the past, they're very aware of the things that I've mentioned in a previous podcast. Fully aware of it. So as an average person, you need to ask yourself, what is the big picture behind all of this? What is really being pushed on me? El Hajmalik El Shabazz, whom you all know as Malcolm X. You can even look up his, his speeches and his videos. There was an interview where he said, or he commented rather, why is it that celebrities, athletes, the step and fetch it's are always the ones that are put out as the face for black people? Why are they always the ones that are the face for some kind of movement that we need to follow? You need to think about that. And you could make the argument, well, people respond better to celebrities. Who else is going to lead the charge. Okay, but what about all the brilliant black minds, the academics? Why aren't they the face of this? Now, I do understand that this individual has worked with a lot of brilliant people behind the scenes to get this pushed out. But why is he the face of it? Knowing what he knows and this is not, <laughs> if you look, if you really look into it, there's no denying that he knows all of the things that I've mentioned in the previous podcast. So the prison reform, that was the first issue that got my spidey sense tingling. Second issue, getting an agreement with the Federal Reserve for Black Americans to have one-time interest-free home loans and uh, lowering the interest rate, making it easier for Black people to get, to get loans. Now, remember what I just said about this individual knowing how things really work? Why would you want Black people to be even more subjected to debt slavery? Why is that being presented as an option? 
why the generation of jobs, 3 million jobs, I believe it was, what, what kind of jobs would these be? And it mentioned financial literacy. What kind of financial literacy are we talking about? The financial literacy that tells you that the uh, American currency, all others, but specifically we're talking about America, that American currency is fiat, that it's not backed by anything. It's just numbers on a screen. Is that the kind of financial literacy that you're going to be talking about or how to navigate within the, uh, the oppressive system of debt slavery, slavery. So what is the CWBA really trying to sell us? And why are we just hearing about it now? Why didn't we hear about this three years ago? Wouldn't it have been beneficial to hear about this at the beginning of a presidency or at the end of another one? Wasn't there another time that was more appropriate than right before a selection ritual to why not do it during a time where it gives people a few years isn't that how campaigns go one that you actually want to get get off the ground why was it something that was just kind of slid across the table why wasn't it presented to get momentum way ahead of time you guys have to ask these questions you cannot take this for face value that what is being presented is actually good for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I looked at it at first. And I'm like, okay, this sounds really good. But again, you can't go off of that. You have to dig deeper. Because when you look at this as a, as a whole, all of this, this 13 point plan, this CWBA, this contract, it's going to be funded by the government. It's going to be in the government's hands to give you something once again. So I have to ask the question, is this not a handout? Do you know how much bureaucracy, do you know anything about how the federal government works? There's millions of layers of red tape to add something like this. How much more red tape do you think would be involved? It's already a bureaucratic nightmare, but you, you want to add this to it. So you could say, well, what is your solution? All I've heard on your show is just negativity. And now you want to go after someone who's trying to do something. Well, what, what is your idea? I would say this, there's about $1.4 trillion of buying power in black America. What do we have to show for it? Does anybody have an answer for that? With $1.4 trillion of buying power, why do you need to ask the federal gov government for anything? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's at the point now where if you want it, you need to take it. And that $1.4 trillion, that's not including the black churches now. How much money do they get from tithing? From the community at large? All of the black churches in America? 
You're telling me that they can't get together and bring about some kind of some kind of community empowerment, job skills, trade skills, entrepreneurial skills. Something's not right here. Something's not right for a community to have that much buying power. And wait a minute, aren't black women the most educated in the United States? Something's not right. So that brings me back to the title of this podcast, The Elephant in the Room. The last section of the CWBA talked about Black America needing to get our stuff together, basically. And that the anti, and I'm paraphrasing here, obviously it didn't sound like this, the antisocial degenerate behavior must cease. And this was very general. Um, I found it interesting that this was the last. It was at the end of this contract, acknowledging that the things that have manifest in the black community are self-inflicted wounds. But these wounds came about because of oppression. Okay. So it's interesting, like I said, that that was at the end and it was it was uh, significantly more vague than the other points in the document. Why was accountability last? Should not accountability be first or somewhere closer to the beginning? Why is it that that is always something that we want to sweep under the rug about what we have brought forth with our own hands. Can someone answer that? Why has there been an influx of white people over the past few years who have tried to identify themselves as black when all of the physical appearances clearly suggest that they don't have any, any black people in their family at all? Why are these people trying to attach themselves to some kind of black American identity? Has it ever occurred to you that maybe, obviously these people have some mental instabilities, but that they also have identified that being black is a way to have people feel sorry for you, that it is a a label that can allow you to wear the jacket, a comfortable, warm jacket of victimhood and allow you to drink from the trough of victimization. We can talk all day about the white man and what he's done. But if you are black and you are listening to this, and I'll put myself into this as well, you know at least one person who is antisocial and degenerate. Now hold up Aziza. White people got their own issues and they do some of the same stuff. Yes, they do. But we're not talking about white people right now. We're talking about us. 
and white people are not asking for a handout. Well, Aziza, of course they're not asking for a handout because they have the upper hand with everything. Wasn't that long ago that our ancestors were freed from slavery? Wasn't that long ago? Okay. And they made a way. Well, Aziza, you know, all the prosperous black communities, they, they were destroyed. So is that an excuse for mediocrity and subpar behavior now? What is, what is the actual problem here? Or is it maybe that as a collective, we have become accustomed to victimhood. We have become accustomed to waiting for someone else to save us and fix our problems. Has that occurred to you? Has it occurred to you that maybe the civil rights movement was not the best way to go about things? That's another conversation that needs to be brought to the table. There needs to be another historical analysis of the civil rights movement. What did we really get from that? I mean, yeah, you can drink out of the same drinking fountain as a white man. You can go to the same school. But you're still murdered in the streets and seen as a commodity. Maybe one of the reasons that we are not taken seriously is because we don't take ourselves seriously. We don't value our own selves. We don't think that we're worthy. The mere fact that we needed to match what the white man was doing. That the white man had these schools. The white man had, you know, the nice this, the nice that. We wanted that. That was our equality. Being on the same level as him instead of carving out our own way. Well, we tried to carve out our own way and look what happened. But does that mean you don't keep trying? Because this, always asking for a handout, it's not working. Let me ask you this. Reparations, of course. Hot topic, right? That was something that was also covered in the CWBA. That monthly reparations payments would start, I believe it said, um, late 2021 or somewhere in 2022. Let's be honest. What do you think would be done with those payments? Hmm? We all know ourselves. We all know, again, certain people in our families or our immediate communities that are antisocial and degenerate. What do you think would happen with those reparations payments? Do you think that that would be put into some kind of community uh, monetary pool? to buy land, to start a, a black commune, to bring about different programs in neighborhoods. Do you think that's what the money would be used for? Let's be honest. Now, granted, if the government is giving you money, you can do what you want with it, right? But 
You cannot complain about how you don't have this, you don't have that, if you're getting a check from the government and you have done nothing with it. Remember what we said, or what I said, $1.4 trillion of buying power. And how many black hair salons do you have that are black owned, black hair shops, wig shops, nail salons, convenience stores in black communities? Are they black owned? Let's be honest. The fast food restaurants that eat up our neighborhoods and eat up our dollars, who owns those? Hmm? See, we need to be honest about these things. So how would that money be spent? How many people actually took their stimulus check and invested in something or saved it away or opened a business? There's always exceptions. I'm sure there are a lot of people that did, but let's be honest here. What is the norm? So as black people, we have to do for ourselves. We cannot continue to play victim and point the finger. Because whatever the white man has done, he's done it. But what are you going to do going forward? Something else. Black Lives Matter. The mere fact that you need to have the the name of this organization called Black Lives Matter speaks volumes. Do you not inherently know that your life matters? So you're saying Black Lives Matter. Who do you want to know that it matters? Do you want white people to know that it matters? Do you want them to acknowledge that it matters? Who cares if they acknowledge it? Who cares if they know it? You need to know it. You need to know that you matter. You don't need the white man's validation. For all of you that claim that you're Christian and that you love Jesus Christ. If you love him so much and he is your Lord and Savior, don't you believe that he gave you rights inherently? You don't need to ask the white man for your rights. If you believe in the creator of the heavens and the earth, your rights were automatically given to you. And anything else that happens in here means nothing. So you need to be thinking about that. So again, I ask, who do you want Black Lives to matter to? Have you thought about that? And why would a name that you know is going to incite so much controversy and put a target on your back even more and inflame the issue, why would you name it as such? It's kind of a, it's a misnomer. Yes, Black Lives Matter. But do you know that? If you do know it, how are you showing it? With this movement, why are you still waiting for the white men to come along and speak truth to it? Why? Haven't we learned any, anything from the civil rights movement? Haven't we learned anything from recent events? Why are you still waiting for this group to validate your existence and your value? You said you're woke, right? You want to wear your dashikis made in China, right? So stand up for yourself. 
It doesn't matter what they're doing over here. Whether the trendy white people with their little backpacks want to join you. And you have to remember that you have been lied to about everything. From world maps to hair grease, it's all been a lie and everything in between. The manipulation and the psychological trauma, the gaslighting, all of that that's been worked on you, that's been worked on them, but in a different way. So you were manipulated and psychologically traumatized to believe that you were lesser than, that you were nothing, that you were subhuman. But this other side, they were psychologically traumatized, but to build them up. They were manipulated, but to build them up so that they believe they are better than. There had to be a good guy, bad guy element to this psychotic game to keep the chaos and division going. The maps that we use most commonly are manipulated, and that's that's no secret. <laughs> you can look that up for yourself. Now, they claim it's because you cannot accurately accurately depict something that is spherical on a flat on a flat surface. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that alone, but it sure is funny how the predominantly European, excuse me, the predominantly Caucasian areas of the earth appear to be larger than the predominantly ethnic with people of color areas. And all of that, all that plays into the psychology as well, because you see that and you're thinking on a subconscious level that, oh, you know, Africa is smaller. South America is smaller. These European places, oh, they're, they're strong. They're mighty. They, they appear to be bigger on the map. And the mere fact that we call ourselves minorities, you're not a minority. Let's think critically here. How many countries are predominantly white? I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's not very many. How many countries in the world are predominantly that of people of color? And not only do you have the majority of countries are predominantly people of color, those countries, large populations, most of the world's population. So how are you a minority? And if you even want to get more specific, because I know a lot of you don't like to associate yourselves with anything other than the continental United States. So to get more specific, have you ever thought about the census? Why there's a census aside from what they tell you? The system is paranoid about numbers. They use that to track you. To check to see how much you're breeding and how much you're not. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about when you go to fill out some kind of form, how they always ask about your race or ethnic background? Why isn't there a more diverse set of choices? 
I can remember maybe one or two times where I filled out a form and there was more choices than just white, black, um, black, non-Hispanic, Asian, that kind of thing. If you think about it, with those limited choices, people who come from other countries, they have to choose white. Have you thought about that? So you have people that are brown, that are from Africa, South America, uh, different parts of Asia, some of the islands. When they fill out forms in the U.S., they're forced to choose or check that white box because there's nothing else that fits. And I can vouch for that from personal experience within my own family. So when you put all that into perspective, how is it possible that you are a minority? Is it too far-fetched to think that those numbers have been fudged? So if that's the case, why do you still call yourself a minority? So who are you trying to validate yourself for? On the other side, they have constantly constantly been told from birth that they're in the, they're in the majority. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be explicitly stated. It's inferred. It's perceived through the system, but they need to acknowledge that they've benefited from something. And that brings me to another point. So you march, you hold hands, you sing Kumbaya with the white people with their backpacks. What do you think is going to result from that? Do you honestly think that somebody who's, who is in a position of not having to be exposed to the injustices and atrocities that take place. Why would they want to jeopardize their, their position? Have you ever thought the mere fact that them holding hands with you and singing, singing Kumbaya is racist within itself? Have you thought about that? Because again, like I said, they've been brainwashed and manipulated on this other side. So if they're holding out their hands to help you, Generally speaking now, there are a few have, who have truly woken up and are conscious of what is really going on, i.e. the stuff that I talked about in the previous episodes. But we're talking about the majority here. So they have been brainwashed, manipulated, gaslighted, the whole deal, okay? The mere fact that they want to hold hands with you and sing Kumbaya, we shall overcome, is inherently racist because they're still not seeing you as equal. They are still seeing you as that sad little Negro that needs my help. Oh, I just have to do something. I'm just so sad seeing all this stuff on TV. You know, something has to happen. We, we have to stand up as white people. We have to fix this. We have to be involved. Have you thought about that? You don't need anybody on your side, but the creator of the heavens and the earth and yourself. Do you honestly think that the creator of the heavens and the earth is going to be on your side when you have blatantly disobeyed divine law? Divine law is what has been set in place by the creator. Certain laws that if they are violated, it throws the whole society out of balance. Case in point, look at our communities. Look at the the desecration, the abandon, abandonment of manhood, the abandonment of womanhood, the abandonment of virtue and humility 
and morality. Why is it any wonder that we are in the position that we're in right now? But if you claim to be a follower of Christ, you need to think about this. Why are you so focused on Black America, Black America, Black America? When you haven't even put into your minds the full weight of the history of a world of other people who are oppressed, people of color. Did you know you have Afro-Palestinians who are suffering police brutality at the hands of the Israelis? Did you know that? What about all the black Libyans that were lined up and murdered when he was in office, went into Libya? Did you know that just this year, France shipped back, shipped back 24 human skulls of Algerians who were freedom fighters. They fought against the French invasion when Algeria was trying to gain their independence from France. Yes. The French government just this year gave back 24 human skulls of Algerians, of Algerian men. You need to ask yourself, why would the French government even be in possession of human skulls of people who were fighting for their independence and freedom. What about that? We could go all along down the list. What about what's, what's taking place in Nigeria? That's a trigger, isn't it? Bringing up Africa is a trigger because, and I get it. There's been so much trauma and damage, generational damage, that you don't want anything to do with Africa. And see, again, it, it's so sick, the games, of, the games that have been played. You don't want anything to do with Africa. You don't want to associate yourself with the continent because you believe that Africans, generally speaking, think that they are better than Black Americans. For those of you that feel that way, I would ask you, have you traveled? Have you even left your state? Have you even left the United States? Have you even been to Africa? Let's get deep. Let's get deep now. So if your answer is no, particularly to the last question, how would you know? Has it ever occurred to you that the people on the continent have gone through the same type of manipulation and psychological trauma that you have, just in a different way? If that thought hasn't crossed your mind, then maybe it's because you've been selfish. Maybe it's because you have embodied this sense of victimhood and sense of victim entitlement. Victim entitlement in the sense that no one else has suffered as much as you have. No one else deserves the free things and the goodies from the government because no one else has suffered as much as you have. Aziza, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's hard growing up in the hood. There's a lot of stuff in our black communities that's bad. And these Nigerians, these Ugandans, these Kenyans, you know, they got it good. 
Are you sure about that? If you haven't traveled, you should just be quiet on that front. Because there's a lot of you that speak that way and you're afraid of Africa. Because it reminds you of yourself. Subconsciously, it reminds you of yourself. So now some of you have clung to this idea that you are indigenous to America. I'm not going to go down that road. But some of you have latched onto that idea because of the psychological trauma. It, it's akin to the whole uh, black Israelite and the whole nation of Islam thing. Those those uh, schools of thought. It, it's along the same lines. The psychological trauma and the damage and the manipulation has led you down those roads to try to find some kind of identity. And I get it. I get it. However, it's not helping you. It's not helping you and it's not helping us as a whole. So as a black community, how do you want to move forward? Is Black Lives Matter going to move you forward or is it something that's just fun right now? Because let's get deep again. There are a lot of you out there who are not real about this. You're on fake book talking about Black Lives Matter, changing your profile pictures and being extra. But what have you done for the cause? Have you stopped buying from these these entities that are inherently racist? Hmm? Have you stopped banking at Bank of America, Chase Bank? Have you stopped buying from Nike? Have you stopped buying from Walmart, Sam's Club? And not just for one day to be trendy on social media. Have you stopped buying from them permanently? Have you changed your shopping habits? Are you sticking it to the system with your pocketbook? I'm just asking. So what have you done? Because the only thing that these devils understand and when I say the word devil, I'm not saying white devil. Anybody who perpetuates this system, this satanic system that is that is against the creator of the heavens and the earth is a devil. So let's just get that clear. So the only thing that these devils understand is the green, is the coin. And that is the biggest power that we have as individuals and as a collective to let our money talk. So if you're still spending your dollars with these people, then I ask you, are you serious about the movement? Why are you not questioning the millions of dollars that have been raised for Black Lives Matter? Where has that gone? Why is it that, again, with all the, the great intellectuals and Black minds, did you ever stop to ask, why is it that these three individuals are the face of the movement? The rich history of intellect and prestige that we once had as a community. There have been some great black minds throughout history. And this is what we got now in 2020? That's the best we got? Come on. Y'all haven't thought about that? 
you know, a few years ago I had a conversation. I don't even, I don't even know if you want to call it a conversation, but for the sake of the discussion, we'll call it a conversation, a dialogue, if you will, with someone. And I mentioned that, you know, this was years ago. Okay. When something didn't smell right to me about Black Lives Matter. And I asked this individual, do you know where their money goes? This individual said, oh yes, um, I've researched it. I know where their money goes and I feel comfortable with it. I don't know if they were telling the truth or not. Um, if they were, then they definitely have some things that they need to reckon with. Because if you have looked at their platform, if you call yourself a Christian, or if you call yourself someone who is focused on quote unquote, your people and seeing the success of your people, you should be concerned about their platform. I don't want to get into specifics, but you need to go research that. You need to follow the money as they say, because there are some things with that, that doesn't add up all of the money that has brought in, how much of it is going to go towards education, that re-education that we talked about, because there's so much that as black people, we need to, again, unlearn and relearn about ourselves and about the world. Which brings me to another point. As it was put, we are in, blacks in America are in the fight of our lives. And no one is there to help us. So let me ask you this. If we are in the fight of our lives, why do you still send your children to those schools? Hmm? This is something I haven't wanted to say, but I'm going to say it. Out of all of the groups that should not be sending their children to government indoctrination centers, it's us. We should be the ones, number one, homeschooling our children or finding other alternatives. And if you have a problem with that, well, think about this. What about the history books? Aren't the history books full of bias and whitewashing? So why would you want your children to sit through that for 12 years of their life? Hmm? I mean, you, you said the system is targeting us, right? You said that the white man is oppressing us and that we need to get rid of all of these Confederate statues and all of this, right? We need to make Juneteenth and hol a holiday, right? So why would you still send your children to those schools? That's why I said some of you are not real about this. You still want to spend your money with these devils. You still want to send your precious children to be brainwashed and traumatized by these devils. You still want to want to listen to this music, if you even want to call it that. Yeah, I'm going to go there. You still want to listen to this this garbage by these people who call themselves artists. They're not, and you know that. You still wanna give your money to them. You still wanna support these athletes, the whole, the whole culture of celebrity altogether. Don't you realize that those are the gatekeepers? Black celebrity is there to keep you in your place. If you don't agree with that, why is it that they all say the same thing? And I touched on that on another, on another episode. Why is it that they all have the same kind of music? Anybody who has any kind of positivity, anything to uplift, you're not going to hear about them. 
those are your underground artists. But the ones twerking, dropping it like it's hot. I know that's an old term, but whatever (laughs) sexualization or degeneracy is going on, that's what's promoted. So you cannot tell me that Black Lives Matter and we still allow this. We can't. And that's why I said, there's some of you out there that are fake with it. You're fake with it and you want to play both sides. You are hoping that this will give you some kind of credibility because it's the cool thing to do now to be uh, woke, right? To be a social justice warrior. So you want to use that side and complain and cry and all of that. But at the same time, you're still at the white man's table waiting for crumbs. Let's be honest. That's why you don't really want to let go of the system. Because you're hoping that the white man will throw you out a couple of breadcrumbs like he used to do in the big house. Because if you were real about it, you would reject all of it. Because these agendas that we find ourselves following are anti-black. They're anti-African. Those are things that have been pushed on us. That's your oppression. It's not Karen and Jim with their three kids. Karen and Jim are not oppressing you. They're a product of their environment as well. And the brainwashing and the manipulation that they've gone through. You need to understand colonialism. Aziza, I I know all about colonialism. Okay. Oh, you do? So you know about the 15 million Africans that were slaughtered at the hands of the Belgians. So you know that. You know that even to this day, you can find little Belgian chocolates in the depiction of hands because the Belgians cut off the hands of women and children. Little caricatures of Africans called chocolate babies, something like that. So you knew about that. You knew about The Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. So you knew that that whole book was about colonialism, right? Did you read it? Have you read any any of the works of Franz Fanon? Do you even know who that is? Nervous conditions about the psychological trauma, the state of an indigenous person in a colonial environment. Why should I care? You should care because understanding the history of other black and brown people who have been oppressed by the same oppressor, it gives you context to your place in all of this. That your pain and suffering is not anything new. France is still going around raping and pillaging. Britain is still raping and pillaging to this day. Now China has joined the There is enough oppression, injustice, and victimization to go around. How long will you keep waiting for a handout, waiting for someone to save you? You have to save yourself. You have to 
reject what is being fed to you. You have to reject this two-party system. That is a joke. You know it's a joke. Like I said, it's all been lies. Whether you vote red or blue, at the end of the day, they still win. The oppressor still wins. So you honestly think that defunding the police is going to get you somewhere? Where will that get you in the end? Where do you want to go? Do you know that? Do you know what justice really means? What justice really looks like? Or is it just a quick fix like everything else? It cannot be both and. You cannot support a degenerative culture that is pushed on us and then talk about protect black women and justice. If you wanted to protect black women, you wouldn't allow abortion clinics in our neighborhoods. You wouldn't send your, your children to those schools. You wouldn't allow black women to be portrayed in such a manner, such a degrading manner. Have you ever heard of Sarah Bartman? The hot and top Venus? She was a South African native. Um, I believe it was in the 1800s. And at that time, South Africa was opening up to the devils. And these devils had never seen women with these particular physiques, which now, you know, you have women of all shades that pay for it, right? It's all fake. And there was one in particular, this doctor, he took a liking to Sarah and he promised her the world, all the goodies and the trinkets, fame and fortune. She was young, very young. And she was naive. She was tricked. She went off to Europe with him. She lived a short life. Most of it was spent in a cage or being displayed with packed auditoriums showing her body. She was seen as a specimen, a freak. You know, because at that time, Africans, black people weren't seen as human. Not much has changed, right? So that was her life. She was exploited. Did you know about her? You know, I found it interesting when I was researching her years ago, there was an article that surfaced and it mentioned how one of the biggest celebrities in the world wanted to do a movie on her and play her. And it was just a rumor, but it was, it was very thought provoking because they, the entity that wrote this article had reached out to Sarah's tribe to get them to comment on the rumor that this big time celebrity wanted to do a film on Sarah and play her. And the representatives from her tribe said that this celebrity lacked basic human decency, that she wasn't worthy to tell Sarah's story. So think about that. 
because this celebrity in particular is one that many of you worship. You love her. Like she's, she's the greatest ever. Yet the tribe of this, this brave African woman, this beautiful African woman who didn't have a choice to be victimized, who didn't have a choice in her oppression. This godlike celebrity has no right to play her, to tell her story. That's what her tribe said. Let that sink in. Because so many of you worship this person. But those that know the true story find it disgusting and disrespectful. So everybody loves the big butt, the big boobs. Show it all over Instagram. Show it all over the TV. That's the beauty of a woman, right? Shake it here, shake it there. Right? Share it to the highest bidder. But this woman was in a cage. Died abused. With drugs and alcohol. Trauma. And now you, you, you run, you run to be exploited. You want it. You pay thousands of dollars to have injections in your backside. So you can look how she did, but you, you want to be exploited because that's your ticket to fame. Why? Because you're empty. Wait a minute. You're being, being very judgmental. No. Anybody that would do that to themselves is empty. Because anybody who is spiritually grounded and morally grounded, they would know that those type of physicalities mean nothing. If someone really wants to work on themselves, they work within. They don't work externally. You can have the biggest behind in the world, but if you're an awful person, who cares? And you see that. You see that with these these celebrities that push this degenerative culture on black people. You see how awful they are. Because the creator has allowed it to be revealed. It's just some of you don't have don't have the spirit to see it. So I'll ask one last time. How do you want to move forward as a people? Do you want to move forward? What does that look like? I hope I've given you some stuff to think about. You know what the really sad part, the tragedy of all of this is? These things that I've spoken about today are old. You guys, this stuff is passe. This is like 20, 30 years old. The mere fact that we are still talking about race, still talking about identity, still trying to figure out who we are. It's sad. Do you think that the people at the top care about race? Hmm? 
don't you realize that these these arguments they're for the masses to keep people distracted all of the identity politics who came up with those identities it was them they fed you this stuff to keep you bickering and confused and going around in circles so this whole idea that you are now truly woke because you understand the racial injustice and the social injustice in the world <laughs> that's just another animal farm a graduated animal farm but you still have not arrived how do i know that well time magazine in their latest issue just revealed the great reset if you had listened to my interview with dr kirsten he went into depth about the Great Reset. You guys, this Great Reset has been a plan that's been on the books for at least 40 years. And why are you just hearing about it now? You're still running around in your little groups, not realizing that that new world order, that those crazy people with the tinfoil hats have been talking about for years, for decades, is here. And it's out in the open. So go ahead and keep on trying to figure out what what tribe you belong to and the white people doing this over here and how we can ask for a handout over there and I'm going to change my profile picture to that. Keep arguing about that stuff. Moving forward with their agenda and they're so bold about it, it's out in the open. And they don't care that you don't know. They don't even care that you do know now because it's out there. So you need to get to a point where you can arrive at a higher level of consciousness and being. The only thing that is going to save you from any of this is the creator of the heavens and the earth. The only thing that will give you solace to help you navigate what is coming and what is already here is to have a relationship with him. Your spirituality has been suppressed your intellectual potential true intellect not just quoting facts out of a book has been suppressed you need to arrive and you need to get your house in order because this train is coming through and it's coming through fast and if you keep circling the wagon in these animal farms and graduated animal farms you're going to be left behind because the new world order, it's not going to care what color you look like or what you identify as. Everybody's going to suffer. So let that marinate. Until next time, be blessed and be well. If you like what you've just heard, subscribe to tune in weekly for new episodes. You have something to say or would you like to be featured as a guest? shoot me an email at hottwithaziza at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at hot underscore t underscore aziza. Until next time, be blessed and be well.